we have been and we are in the presence of God. Do you know that? We're in the presence of a living God. The living God who loves us and cares for us, we're in his presence. And we've sung all kinds of things this morning. We've heard testimonies of the power of this God. And I want to ask you the same, ask you today. So, what do you want to say to God today? And what do you want to hear from God today? I wonder if we meant every word that we have sung. Test our thoughts and attitudes. Do we mean that, Lord, test my thoughts and attitudes? What if God doesn't approve of them? Last week we concluded our series on Dare to Follow. Dare to Follow. And we're now in that sort of slightly in-between time after that series as we start to walk towards the Easter story. And the story of the transfiguration is a moment of the change of pace and the change of direction in Jesus' ministry. This is the, if you want, the mountaintop and it's downhill all the way to the valley to the crucifixion. I wonder how many of us would have wanted to have been there on that mountaintop. Have you ever read a Bible story and thought, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. And maybe you've wished you were there when Jesus walked on water. Maybe you wished you were there when Jesus fed the 5,000. Maybe you wished you were there when Jesus healed the blind man or the lame man. And you wanted to see it with your own eyes because you wished you had experienced that. And then we wish so often that we are there when there's those moments of great worship and you feel the presence of God in the midst wish we were there maybe so often our coming to church is hoping we get one of those moments this morning a moment where we know the presence of the living God surrounding us the presence of the living God with us and we wish we could stay there because after all It's hard out there as a Christian, isn't it? It's hard to follow Christ. If you could really meet with God today, what would your conversation with God be? But you can meet with God because God is here. So then what's your conversation with God. Earlier in the service, we sung that simple song Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Break me, 
Melt me, mould me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. What a prayer. But do we really mean it? Do we really mean, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me? Because if that means that we're going to be broken and we're going to be melted, we're going to be moulded, that sounds jolly painful, doesn't it? It sounds like something we wouldn't really want to happen after all. We want to say, Lord, come and bless us. In our reading that Cheryl read this morning, that transfiguration experience, there was a journey the disciples went on, and that journey was one that was hard. It was an experience, and it was one of those experiences maybe we wanted to have, but it was hard. Why was it hard? Well, they had to move away from it. They had to go and get on with their lives following Jesus. We read in verse 1 that Jesus took with them him Peter, James, and John, brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Jesus led them. Jesus actually chose these three men and led them to this place. And maybe God takes you and leads you to places you would rather not go. Maybe you're feeling that you're in the middle of where God wants you, but it's jolly hard work at the moment. Or maybe your prayer is, Lord, do lead me. Do lead me. But Jesus led the three. And when they were up there, he was transfigured before them. His face shone like sun. His clothes became white as light. And then he appeared before them with Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Can you imagine being there when this happened and experiencing it and seeing it firsthand for themselves? That Jesus transfigured. Of course... Jesus knew what it was to be in heaven. Because the Bible tells us that he was there and then he left heaven to come to earth to dwell among us. In one way, this was ordinary for Jesus. And we might actually wonder is that every time Jesus went alone to be with his father, was things like this happening, but we never got that recorded because he went alone. But Jesus was there. And the disciples saw it. And as the disciples saw it, they had an experience of God they had never had before. So, what did they do? They wanted to stay. 
We read verse 4. Peter said to Jesus, it's always Peter, isn't it? Always Peter. And remember, Jesus really loved Peter. Even though he was the one who always said it first and got it wrong. I like Peter. I like Peter because there's that sense with the journey of Peter, you can get it wrong and God still loves you and God restores you and brings you back and still uses you. You know, this Peter who gets it wrong here and gets it wrong later in the story, on the time that Jesus is needing most, he's going to be the one who's preaching on Pentecost Sunday. So getting it wrong is not necessarily the end of the world. His intentions were right. He just hadn't understood. So if you're afraid of getting it wrong in your Christian life, don't worry. Jesus loves you anyway. And Jesus will continue to work in you. And maybe you've come from a situation where you think, I've made a big mistake, God can't use me now. I made a wrong call. I want you to hear today, God loves you. And he welcomes you. And in his love for you, he just wipes that. He wipes it and says, you're loved, you're wanted, you're cared for. It's okay. Anyway, back to the story. Peter says, hey, it's good for us to be here. We're enjoying it. Maybe we should build some shelters so we can stay. Of course, that comes from an ignorance, not understanding the purpose of what Jesus was doing and what was coming. But Peter wanted to stay. Whilst he was speaking, God continued to show his glory. And the voice from heaven says, This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Where did we hear that before? At his baptism, do you remember? The story of Jesus' baptism, and as he came out of the water, a voice from heaven said those words, This is my son, whom I am pleased. God affirming who Jesus is, but then he goes on to say, Listen to him. Listen to him. See, it's all very well being with Jesus, and it's all very, very well being in worship, and it's all very well being around Christians. But what God wants us to do is to listen to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus has said and why he says these things. And to Peter, James, and John at this point. It's listen to Jesus now. Listen. And in our worship, as in our worship, we have reached the mountaintop and we have been in that place where we have been with God. Did we stop to listen? 
Last night I was watching on telly, um, this is your spiritual pastor here. I was enjoying a Queen concert. That's the group Queen. I do like their music. And I was struck. I don't know how many people were at this concert. There was tens of thousands. And their hands were going together. You know, we will rock you. We will rock you. For those of you who don't understand what I'm talking about, it's good music. <laughs> there is other good music available. I feel I need to say. <laughs> but I was enjoying it. But everyone was together. And they were, they were worshipping, really, weren't they? And they would have gone away and think, that was good. If only we could have that all the time. But it's not going to affect their lives. But as we were with Jesus... As we have been with Jesus, not only can we worship together in whatever way we feel appropriate, we are called to listen to what Jesus has to say to us. Throughout the Bible, there are several what's often described in theological times as theophanies or Christophanies. That is an image of God, an image of Christ. Theo being God, Christ, Christo being Christ. And there are several throughout Scripture. You could talk about Moses at the burning bush. When Moses comes and he, he sees a burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, and as he approaches the bush, the bush is not burning up, and he finds out he's in the presence of God. And this is often described as a theophany, God demonstrating himself and showing himself. Another one would be Daniel in the lion's den where there's another person, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there's another person there, and confusing the minds. How many did we put in? We put in three, but there's now four. And Christ is working among them, a Christophany. Times God shows himself. In other ways... It's far more subtle, less dramatic, but God reveals himself maybe to Elijah in 1 Kings 19 as Elijah's having a breakdown and he's totally burnt out mentally, emotionally. He's there, burnt out. If you're there, let me encourage you, go and read 1 Kings 19 and see how God ministers to Elijah, Elijah in that context. And God reveals himself through a still, small voice, a whisper. And as God shows himself, God in each occasion ministers and talks into the life of the observer. And God, as he reveals himself in our worship and in our presence, he wants to speak into our lives. In many ways, it's not the event that counts, it's what we hear and how we go on that counts. 
think I said the other day, one of the things while I was on sabbatical, I decided to slow right down and I, instead of driving, I started to take public transport buses. They are slow, aren't they? I took a bus to Stratford. Now, what I have realised, I shouldn't have checked my clock, I should have checked my diary, it's that slow. (laughs) But I observed many things while on the bus. But one of the things that I observed, and you know the buses have got two doors, one for in and one for out, except for pushchairs that can come in the inn and then mum goes and or dad goes and pays at the front. And on one bus it was crowded and somebody decided to jump in the back door, go straight upstairs without paying. And the driver was shouting at them, couldn't do anything. person went out there, sat on the seat, and then took out her phone and started playing worship music. I wanted to say something. I so wanted to say something. Unfortunately, I wasn't close enough to be able to do it subtly. And I, you know I'm subtle all the time, don't you? But, <laughs> but what struck me is, we like, the, we like the experience, but does it change the people we are? For Peter, James, and John, for Moses, for Elijah, for all those who meet with God face to face, it changes them. And I want to ask the question today, has it truly changed you? Has it truly changed you? We heard this morning testimonies. Aren't they great? How God has changed Lies. Barbara being baptized 60 years ago. And how God is continuing to use her. And there are many stories like that here. And God wanting to speak into each of our lives and say, be changed. Be transformed. Be different. Be different. When the disciples heard God speaking directly, we see in verse 6, they fell to the ground terrified. There's that sense of awe of the power of God's voice that the disciples took it so seriously. They were afraid Because of the awe and wonder of hearing from God himself. And when we hear from God himself, I wonder if we take it that seriously. Maybe you've heard God speak and it's sort of, that was interesting. And we go out as if nothing's happened. We don't go into the So God, 
they fell to the ground terrified because they knew they had heard the voice of God and that voice was going to make a difference to the rest of their life. And I believe that God's voice is going to speak into the lives of many here. And yes, we need to be open, but we also need to recognize the power of the voice of God that says, be different. Be transformed. Be Christ-like. And Jesus simply responds in verse 7. Get up. Don't be afraid. Jesus wasn't downplaying the power of the voice of God. But he was saying, trust Jesus, trust me. And in the call that was going to follow, which I haven't got a lot of time to sort out and talk about today, but the ongoing is, let's get going. You have experienced, you have heard, now let's go and do. Let's go and do. Let's be those Christ-like people. My time is more or less gone. But I do want to say this is a moment of change in the ministry of Jesus. The next chapter of the story is one that goes to the cross and there is suffering. The next chapter for James, for John and for Peter is one that will be costly. And I believe that God as he speaks to us, he prepares us for what is to come. I had a photo come up from my memories. Do you get this on your phone sometimes, those of you who've got smartphones, where you took a photo four years ago and it suddenly reminds you of it? And occasionally you'll think, what on earth was that? It's even worse when it's picking up your photos that you've been sent by others and you think, why did I take that photo? It wasn't me, it was somebody else, that's okay. I got one, and it was from a church in um, Peterborough, the Kingsgate Church. And in their welcome area, which is a bit bigger than ours, because their welcome area is about the size of this room, on one wall it has this great thing, a great big sign, it says, Think big, or you'll limit me. Think big, or you'll limit me. Sign God. As we today hear from God, 
And following this service and a light lunch, which everybody's invited to, we have our church members meeting. It will only be 90 minutes long. I promise you that. So you don't need to check your diaries. We will do it quicker than a bus trip to Stratford, okay? <laughs> Actually, there's a challenge. Do it on a bus trip to Stratford, isn't it? <laughs> we'll do it quicker than that. But we'll be discerning what's God saying to us as a church. And our challenge is not to limit God, but to think big. And so as I conclude, I challenge you. Yes, go to the place where we hear God. Let's hear God. Let's listen to him. Let's listen to Jesus. But let's not try and build our altar, our shelter in that place. But recognize that God calls us to move on from that. Recognize that God calls us to different places. Recognize that God has a plan for each one of us. Not to be afraid, but to treat his voice with total respect. And as we, as a community here, God's church here in Romford take the story towards the cross. Let's recognize he calls each one of us to be a part of that story. Because the most amazing thing we can know is to know Jesus. All I once held dear built my life upon knowing you Jesus knowing you there is no greater thing you're my all you're the best you're my joy and my righteousness and I love you Lord